We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Double G with the rock. To the rack. Tote it. And a foul. That was me, though. I'm the one that was shooting that. Oh, I don't Brody, think so. Brody, you pass it to me. <laughs> you pass it to me and then I score. Yeah, I'll be old one. <laughs> Bogdanovich for three, air ball, caught by Caruso, ball game over, Bulls win, Bulls win, Bulls win, let's dance, Merry Christmas, 118-113, Bulls by five. Chuck's dance yesterday on Twitter, I checked it out, it was one of his better ones. Oh, really? And as I told you, I had to take two walks to the Jewel last night, so I was listening to, to the game, listening to Chuck and Bill, sounding great, and there was, at the end of the third quarter, maybe we can get this a little bit later on, but the, or the end of the, I think maybe end of the second quarter and the first, the, the Bulls hit three straight threes. And Chuck was just deluxe. Back to back to back threes. It, yeah, was, it was the end of the first quarter. Yes, yes. get yeah, that. I stuff. need that at some point in time. He's a good. He's a good dude, and we love hearing. Uh, we love hearing Chuck or seeing Chuck. I should say dancing at the end of the game because we know something good happened, and we were fortunate enough that he did last night. And we could talk about the, last night's game with our next guest. Uh, of course, uh, he is a host at Stadium Inside the Association. You can catch him on the Beck on the BeckQL Network. The better angle. I just filled in for him on Saturday. So, mm-hmm. so I, I heard a little bit of that. Seat. You did? I did. Believe it or not, you know what's weird about me is I'm not, you know I'm wasn't not a big gambling guy. Yesterday. Or um, wasn't even on the score yesterday. wasn't even on the score this weekend. Oh, oh. Yeah, you're lying. No, because you were talking about it at least. Maybe. <laughs> I might have just told you about it. <laughs> I might put it on the app. Possible. Possible. Yeah, something like it's that. All right, but it will be, it will be on 670 score this weekend. Uh, of course, let's welcome to the show on our uh, guest hotline presented by Circus Sports Illinois it is none other than Cameron Smith. Cam, welcome to the show, man. Well, it's great to be on. Thank you guys for rolling out the red carpet for me. So I'm excited to have this conversation, especially uh, talking about Chuck Swirsky and his dance moves. I, I know I know Chuck personally, and I see him all the time in the United Center because that's why I shoot my shows for Inside the Association and also a sports betting show live on the line for Stadium Network. But I got to tell Chuck to stay in his pocket because sometimes he get out of he gets out of his pocket <laughs> with his dance moves. So if you guys if you guys know the movie Hitch, when Will yeah. Smith is talking to Kevin James, he's just like stay in the pocket. Stay I'm gonna need Chuck to stay in his pocket a little bit, but he, he's he's having fun though. So you you can't blame Chuck for having a good time, you know, his, especially his, when the Bulls are winning. Cam, his pocket has no boundaries. That's what it is. You know what I mean? It's it's, 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 it's everywhere, and that's why we love seeing it. Uh, Bulls Bulls win yesterday. A game that shocked me. Cam, I got to be honest with no Vooch. You know, you thought to yourself, okay, you know, the second team has been the strength of the Chicago Bulls squad over the last couple of weeks, even the last year, I would say. Um, and then, you know, so you thought to yourself, okay, Andre Drummond getting into that starting spot, you know, it's going to take something away from the second unit. But the Bulls, the word that I've been using for the last couple of weeks is resilient. It seemed like they took that punch in the mouth and, and just came back and played a, a really good style of basketball to give themselves the victory. Yeah, for sure, man. It's just this team is playing with a different type of energy. You see it on both ends of one, how they're moving the ball offensively, but then also defensively when they need to get the necessary stops, they do that. And we saw that last night against the Hawks. And so what's been great about this team as well, 
with what I just mentioned. It's just also the production from the other guys. And, and Gabe, you mentioned that about the bench, right? I mean, those guys really stepping up and making sure they understand that when they're into the game, that they're not hurting this team, right? Or letting go of lead. So that's the great thing about Billy Donovan and what they've been able to really manufacture in this month of December. And you got to be honest, man, you got to see what they've been able to do in the month of December where they've won 13, or excuse me, nine of the last 13 games and say, this has been a reaper to their season. Because Gabe, you know this, when we've had our conversation, whether it's com- whether it comes for the better angle on six seventy to score, or even just our conversations uh, personally, man, I was I was not high on this team the past couple of months, and, and nobody should have been because they were just playing uninspired basketball. So you have to give credit where it's due. They've turned things around in the month of December, and I'm not going to say it's because Zach Levine is out. I'm not going to pinpoint it on just one guy. But I think everybody across the board, every player on that rotation or within Billy Donovan's rotation, understood that they have to be better out there on the court. And last night was just another example of that. Cam, what does this uh, revitalization of the Bulls add up to? In the end, what does it equal to? Where does it get this version of the Chicago Bulls? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think when you think about what they've been able to show the rest of the NBA and more specifically the city of Chicago – is that they care, right? I mean, but can that care, can that really focus and motivation be sustained throughout the rest of the season, right? So we're at the end of the month of in December. We still have at least four to five months to go within this NBA season. So as great as they looked in December, you would hope that they can sustain that. And to really answer your question, it could be another run to the play-in if they continue to play how they've been playing now. So I can't see them really making enough noise to where they're at top 16 in the Eastern Conference, but right now where they stand in the East at 14 and 18 and 10th, right? I mean, it's good enough for another appearance in the play. And I know fans and uh, listeners right now are just like, you know, Cam, we, we don't want that again. Yeah, a no, run I, to I the play-in. I don't want it either because I, I think it's I think it's fool's gold. But at the end of the uh, day, seeing how the season started and having some type of playoff life, it, you know, you got to give them credit. But then also at the same time, play-in, we're, 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 this, this city, this franchise – is not the Orlando Magic. We're not the Charlotte Hornets. We're not the Indiana Pacers, yes. right? We we have so much success really baked into what the Bulls are and who they are. But, you know, making another plan is not the goal, but you got to you got to take something out of it, right? So, it could be a situation where they make some type of noise again if it's sustained throughout the rest of the regular season of how they played and, you know, maybe this is very wishful thinking, guys, but if they get a sixth spot or maybe fifth spot in the East, Ooh. you just never know. But at this current state now, I think with how they're playing, playing is their best opportunity to really make something out of what we've seen in this early part of the NBA uh, season. He's Cameron Smith from Stadium Network joining us here on 670 The Score. I'm Gabe Ramirez. He's Mark Grody filling in for Parkins and Spiegel. I mean, you got to make people want to come here, right? And I think that's what this run can do for the Chicago Bulls where – you know, you have a star or someone on the cusp that says, hey, you know, I, I, if I were added to that Bulls team, I can do something. And I think that's where they really want to be at. Cam, I mean, you play ball. Well, you used to play ball. I know you played. <laughs> I, know, I try to get I you on the court. Play. I still I try play. to get you I on the court. Play. Oh, you're back? You're back now? Okay. I know, yeah, you I know, know, I I, I just came back from uh, um, uh, celebrating a good friend of mine who got married in Ghana and Africa and West Africa. So I said, when I return back from Ghana, I'm hitting the court, so I will be on the court tomorrow night in a run that I have with some guys. So, Gabe, the next time you extend the invitation, 
I will be on the court, my oh, man. So I haven't hung up the jersey I yet. I love this. Like, I'm glad to hear that. I'm glad to hear that because this, like me, basketball is my heart and soul. So I like I can't imagine life without it. So I'm glad you're back on the court. But so you played. I know you played D1 basketball at SIU, and so when you look at this Bulls team, I know you're not in the locker, right? But I'm sure you can come to some sort of conclusion as to the feel in the locker with, you know, a star not being there, other people stepping up, like you would be able to better get a grasp of, of what that locker room is like. What, what, what do you think? I mean, when you think about this Bulls team and you think about, you know, where you were in your playing days and maybe finding a similar situation, like, cause we, we can't, we cannot pinpoint what that locker room was. We hear the PR fluff, right? But we don't know yeah. what that locker room is like. Try to take us in there. What do you think is going on? I think the biggest thing that is going on in the locker room is it's the motto and theme of we all we got, right? Even though Zach is out, I'm sure DeMar has had his conversation with some of the younger guys on this team as he continues to do. And DeMar has been one of the best veterans in the NBA, especially in today's game, because you don't hear anything in terms of DeMar didn't really cuff me or take me under his wing to teach me certain things. That's, that's really always been DeMar, right, since his time where he's been able to establish himself in the league and really have young guys grow up underneath him. So I'm sure he's had his conversations along with Nikola Vucevic and, of course, Alex Caruso, who has that championship pedigree with the Lakers back in the bubble. But it's more so like, look, Zach is out. We understand the situation and what it is, right? Um, he's still trying to heal up. We've heard and we've seen the, the, the reports of, you know, the front office and him wanting to find another destination. So, at this point, everybody that's within this locker room, that's putting on the uniform, that's stepping out onto that court, it's about us. So we all need to raise our level of play. So I think that's the conversation that's going on with the Bulls, right? It's kind of a, a us-against-the-world type of mentality because I'm sure they've heard everything, everything negative about them before we enter the month of December, and especially with how the expectations of this team were higher than what some thought they should have been. So now they're like, okay, well, cool. We'll step up. We'll do what we need to do in terms of winning. But then also just remember that when we have the guys out there in the rotation with Billy Donovan and also this coaching staff who we've, I'm, I believe that the relationship has gotten closer and grown stronger, that they understand that it's about us within the locker room. And not to say that they're trying to ostracize Zach Levine and make him like a, a oddball within things. But at the same time, you, you go to basketball war with the guys that you are in the locker room with, and that's who they have. So it's more of a holding each other accountable, and we've seen more of that in this month. So I think that's the conversation that's being had. And I'm sure when you see it through certain social media clips or if you go to the website and you're just seeing some of the videos that the team have out, whether it's through practice or traveling the board of playing for the next game, there's a different type of smile. There's a different type of vibe going on with this team. And that helps. And it helps when you win, right? I mean, the smiles are brighter. You know, the hugs are a little bit tighter. The jokes are, are funnier than what probably they should be. So that's, this is the team that we're seeing is really banded together in the locker room and just taking the approach that, hey, we have to prove to ourselves and they have proved that in this month that we're better than what we've shown in October and November. Gabe, as uh, Lawrence Holmes, Dan Bernstein, Layla Rahimi, Gabe, and me were doing transition. L Lawrence, I don't remember if it was on the air or off the air, but he shouted to us, you got to ask Cam about playing in basketball camp with LeBron James and Chris <laughs> Paul. And you apparently you essentially coach those guys. So I, I would – Taught them everything, everything they know. Papa. Yeah, do tell because I've had to wait you know, an hour and a half here into the show to to find out about this. 
Yeah, you know what? I will say this. I was in a very fortunate situation and a fortunate time to be able to play with LeBron James um, my summer before my sophomore year in high school. Uh, so this is the summer of 2001 in uh, Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, where five-star basketball camp was held. So the thing about this is that I'm going to date myself. Well, I've already done that since I said the summer of 2001, <laughs> going into my sophomore year of high school. But at that time, fellas, there was only three camps that you would go to if you had some type of name in the country in high school basketball. It was either the five-star basketball camp that was run by the late, great Howard Garfinkel, or you went to the Nike All-American camp or the ABCD camp, right? So those are the three camps that you would go to. So for me, being from Chicago and Chicago being one of the kings of basketball in the country, you get a certain look. You get a certain name about yourself, especially when you play AAU or just play in some of these national events. So um, I had a – I'm not going to say I had a big name, but (laughs) my name was known, especially – with the high school program that I played at at Gordon Tech High School, the old Gordon Tech High School, which is now DePaul College Prep. And one shout-out to the, the the Gordon Tech great, Tom Kleinschmidt, who's doing a phenomenal job with DePaul Prep, and they're coming off a state championship. Wow, from Marshall, a, name, away. a so, name from yeah. the past. Yeah. Tom Kleinschmidt. Hey, Former DePaul you know player, right? Yeah, That's the Kleinschmidt bit. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're talking about high school basketball royalty, Chicago basketball royalty, and Tom Kleinschmidt. So um, when you have that type of, reputation coming from Gordon Tech nationally, you know, you're going to have some eyes on you. So the great thing about five stars that, again, they bring some of the best players, no matter which from the Midwest, East Coast, the West Coast or the South, all into the camp for a week and you're messed up with your team. So to kind of speed it forward a little bit. You go through a, a day of tryouts and it's basically open gym. And that night, the first day of camp, play, coaches um, who were college players at the time, along with some high school coaches who would uh, coach during the camp, would have a draft. So I get to my team the next day. I'm coming with a certain, I'm not going to say arrogance, but a certain confidence. Sure. Chicago sure. swag, team. we'll call it. Yeah, you know? for sure. No doubt. Because again, Chicago <laughs> is one of the kings, if not the king of basketball in the country. So um, I'm like, all right, well, I know I'll be at the point guard. And with my team, we'll be fine. And so I'm having my conversation with my head coach at the time, the late, great Scott Bogomil, who was a, a legendary camp counselor and coach over at Five Star. And I had some of my teammates with me. So he's going down the line asking how our teams will be for the week. And so he gets to me, he's like, Cam, how's your team going to be? I'm like, well, coach, I'll be the point guard. We'll be fine from that standpoint. But I noticed some like skinny athletic kid when we were doing our drills with our team, because when you get with your team, you know, you meet your coach, you go through, you know, a few drills so the coach can see what he has and who's going to start and who's coming off the bench. So I'm telling my high school coach, like, yeah, there's some skinny kid. He's got like a, you know, like a nappy afro, but he's athletic. So we should be fine. I'll be running the point guard. I can have him on the wing and that'll be it. And my coach stops everybody because we're walking to lunch down the very hilly Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. Um, and he's like, Cam, he better be good. He's the number one player in the country. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Because at this time, there's no YouTube. I can't go right. on my phone on Instagram <laughs> and look at highlights. And everything. The only thing that you would have would either be a newspaper or try and look somebody up online. But you were doing that at that time frame um, in high school. And so my coach is like, that's LeBron James from Akron, Ohio. And I'm like, coach, get out. I don't need Akron, Ohio. They don't play basketball in Akron, Ohio. I'm from Chicago. Like, who plays basketball in Akron, Ohio? I thought it was just cornfields and, you know, people wearing overalls that were riding on tractors. Oh, but I tell you guys, 
the week that we played our games, I had never seen anybody do what LeBron James did on the basketball wow. court. And I just again, got chills. Wow. I, I, I have seen and I vividly remember seeing Ronnie Fields and Kevin Garnett at Farragut Academy when oh, they were yeah. there putting on shows. Of course, talk about Tom Kleinschmidt and seeing him, Jamie Brandon from the late, great uh, King teams. Thomas Hamilton Jr., Rashad Griffin, guys like that, names like that, Quentin Richardson, I can go on and on and on. But that summer in 2001, I had never seen anybody, anyone do the things that LeBron James did on the court. And he was a 15-year-old guy. That's amazing. He was sophomore year of high school. So it was a great experience, really funny and laid-back guy. Um, but he's one of those dudes that you knew – at that time that you were seeing something something special. Yeah. I'm not going to say that you knew that he was going to be one of the greatest of all time, or if you ask some people, the greatest of all time, but you knew that dude was destined for some type of NBA longevity just by what he was able to do that week at, at five stars. So and you got you yeah, got to he, see it. You got to see it firsthand when he was busting your ass uh, <laughs> so, yeah. on the same team. On the same team. On the same exactly. Team. Exactly. Same no, on the same team. On so the, same the, team. the one quick quick little story I'll add with this during that week so um and talked about his athleticism again he's 15 i think at the time he's about six four six five so the rule at the camp was that you can't dunk because back in the, i believe the earlier mid 80s there was a player at the camp that was either the number one or number two player over in the country and he went up for a dunk and a guy took his legs out wow. from under him and he ended up having a nasty fall and was paralyzed from the neck down oh, so Jesus. from that moment on yeah it was pretty tragic so from that moment on, the camp director uh, and guy that started the camp, Howard Garfinkel, said that, you know what, no more dunking, I'm outlawing it. So keep that in mind, guys. So the games are always played outdoors. So you know how it is. You play basketball outdoors. That jumper doesn't look like the same uh -huh. jumper when you're shooting indoors, right? So it's a little difficult to knock down shots. It's the summertime. It's blazing hot. And I'm on the fast break. It's a two-on-one fast break. I'm on the left side. LeBron is on the right side. There is a 6'10 defender backpedaling as we get across half court. Again, LeBron is on the right. I'm on the left. I'm dribbling with the ball in my left hand, and I lob it up to him knowing that he's athletic. But I didn't know that the 6'10 guy was going to jump in the air to try and snatch the ball out of the air. So imagine a guy that's 6'10, full extension, grabbing the basketball to get the steal and start the break for his team. I kid you not, the guy grabs the basketball, full extension in the air. And this is something, again, to my point of never seeing anything, anybody else do anything on the court that LeBron James has done. But LeBron is in the air, and he's over the top of him, Mark and Gabe. He grabs the basketball out of the guy's hands and lays it in all in one motion because you couldn't dunk at the cap. Right. And oh, he, yeah. does, he does this, Circling. and I'm just sitting there, mouth open, like, what is going on? And my head coach at the time is like, Cam, get back on defense. I'm like, coach, did you just <laughs> did you see that lane? Are you kidding me? So is that type of talent and athleticism again that I'd never seen in my life? And you know, fast forward to what we've seen from LeBron throughout his career, you would not tell me it called me a liar because he has that type of athleticism. But it was a great experience. That's great, man. I'm sure you wish he would have dunked it though at the very end. Cam, <laughs> oh, yeah, I, that's I, a fact. I, 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 I wish I wish it was cell phones out at that time. Yeah, because yeah. If that was recorded. Then, you'd be, you know, you'd be a part of history. The more validity to my story, right? Exactly. No, 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 because then you wouldn't have known, and then we wouldn't have the story. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah true. Yeah, that's yeah. true. That's yeah. true. Cam, I appreciate you jumping on with us, man, <laughs> telling that great story, and I do look forward to being on the court with you sometime soon. Oh, for sure, man. I'll be ready, man. The game is intact and always ready, so I got to make sure I dust some things off, but 
I'll be good to go, Gabe. I love it. I love it. Cam Smith, make sure you check him out. Stadium, how he does Inside the Association, uh, live on the line, his betting show, and then, of course, BetQL, the better angle, can be heard here on 670 to score on Saturdays. All right, coming up after the break, a star quarterback has been benched leading into Week 17. Who is he? No, it's not Aaron Rodgers again. Who is he, and what do we think about the benching? We'll talk. give you the answer after the break. It's Gabe McGrody right here on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score.